Love of Swimming is a podcast that celebrates the wonderfully diverse community of swimmers and fantastic swimming opportunities that exist on the Isle of Wight off the south coast of England. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Sandy Chikunyani. In 2019, I started the group Outdoor Swimming Isle of Wight as I wanted to find people to swim with in the sea. Since then, I've been on an amazing swimming journey, meeting some wonderful people who share my passion for swimming. I founded a social enterprise to support and encourage people to swim in the sea, trained to be an open water coach, developed the concept of a sea cafe and have brought the sport of Longecot, renamed sea hiking, to the place where I live. I'm part of the outside research study team based at Sussex University, looking at outdoor swimming as a nature-based social prescribing intervention for depression and I work in the voluntary sector on the Isle of Wight. For the Love of Swimming is also the name of a series of community events that aim to share information and inspiration and to connect people through swimming. So if you're lucky enough to live on or visit the island, look out for these events coming soon. Follow us on all the usual social media channels and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast for more personal swimming stories. In this episode, I interview Lindsay Shenton, who is an experienced PE teacher and sports coach, a swim trek guide and an all-round outdoor enthusiast. Welcome, Lindsay. Thank you for coming on the podcast and hopefully telling us a little bit about why you love swimming. Um, Can we begin, if you could just start by introducing yourself and tell us what kind of a swimmer you are. Right. I'm about to uh, become 66 in March, I'll be fully retired. And I have been swimming all my life, on and off, uh, since learning at about the age of eight. Mm -hmm. Um, I am not just into swimming, I'm into all outdoor adventurous stuff. So for me now, <clears throat> swimming is not the only thing that I like to do outdoors. Mm-hmm. So I think that needs to be said at this particular point. I love exercise and my background is in teaching. And I, at the age of 18, went off to Liverpool to train to teach PE. And since then, I um, have developed my skills in teaching, moved away a little bit from PE into senior leadership, but now I'm not in schools full time. I'm now a sports coach. Mm-hmm. So I love exercise and I love being outside. That's me. Excellent. Thank you. So let's let's start with some little short questions. So what what's your favourite stroke? Have you got one? That's a difficult one. <laughs> um, I was a backstroker in mm-hmm. competition uh, when I was younger. And the reason my coach uh, got me to do backstroke because she said too many freestylers. So have so do do backstroke, Lindsay. Um, since then, I would say that actually most of my training is freestyle, mm-hmm. and the reason that it's front crawl or freestyle, two reasons. At college, we had a coach that said that everybody needed to train freestyle because you need to get the amount of lengths in and swim fast. So that was my first sort of introduction to massive freestyle, and then of course. The other thing is, all the distance events in competition are freestyle events. Yes, you can do another stroke, but front crawl is notoriously the fastest. And then open water. Mm -hmm. So open water requires you either to be a breaststroker or to be a freestyler. Yeah. So I've got to say that most of the time I swim freestyle. I'm not sure it's my favourite stroke, (laughs) but that's what I swim mainly. Yeah. 
Okay, thank you. And have you got a favourite bit of kit, a sort of can't be without and or a luxury item that you like to take when you go swimming? Oh, gosh. I said they'd be easy questions. They're not. <laughs> uh, when I was in competition, I used to say I had a favourite costume, mm -hmm. my lucky costume. Right. Couldn't go without it. And I wore that if there was a needle, needle event. Mm -hmm. Used to save it for that. <laughs> Open water. I have a thermometer uh, for the water, and I mustn't go without that. <laughs> is it shaped like a duck? Or not, is well, it? I had a turtle, uh -huh. but the turtle is in the Himalayas. Oh, really? Yeah, on the Manaslu circuit because <laughs> I got him out and dropped him between the rocks. <laughs> so he's gone. He's in the Himalayas. But I do have Freddy Frog. <laughs> so I would say open water, mm -hmm. I can't go without Freddy yeah. Frog. The pool is a tricky one, apart from you've got to have a good pair of goggles. Yeah. You cannot go without your goggles. Yeah, I agree with you there. And have you got a favourite place to swim? No. Um, I haven't. I would say that I love, on the island, there are so many different beaches I love, if I'm really honest. Uh, I love fresh water. Um, there's nowhere nicer. You could be abroad, mm -hmm. but equally so, you could be abroad in Sandown Bay. I don't particularly like getting out and changing on the sand. I've gone away from grit and horrible. I like shingle. Mm -hmm. So I like Ventnor because obviously I can walk over the hills from yes. here down to Ventnor, swim, and walk back. So I like that, but I can do it in Sandown. I walk from here over to Sandown, mm -hmm. have a swim, and then walk back. Um, I love lakes, any lakes, anywhere in the mountains. Yeah. Tell so, me more about that. Why, why do you like mountains particularly? I've always loved the mountains ever since I was um, on an outward bound outdoor pursuits course. I went to Mid Wales and um, the first mountain I ever went up was Cadaridris. And I loved it so much. I loved the whole week. It was a, it was a, a, a field trip. Mm -hmm. from school and then they got us to go on an outdoor pursuits <clears throat> course and I just loved being outside in the mountains um, and then at that point I didn't really swim in the lakes never even thought about it it was just about climbing mountains but very early on when I did go up mountains I would go in the odd lake mm -hmm. never even thought about it just loved it just really enjoyed it you know the ones on Snowden the ones on Canaridris all sorts of different places but and I know it's a bit of a vogue thing these days swimming outside and swimming in the open air you know it's become more and more popular but it's unique it's unique you swim out to the middle of the lake and you get a view that no one else gets as mm -hmm. they're walking around um, <clears throat> and um, I'm a good swimmer so <laughs> even though it might say no swimming, and I've got I've got walking friends who get really perturbed. Mm -hmm. But it says no swimming, Lindsay. I say it says no swimming because of the dangers of people going in and not understanding the water, yeah. the cold water, and it's really hard to convince people of that. So I'm quite happy. I've got my thermometer. I'm quite happy. I'm not stupid. I know what the air temperature is. 
I know what I've got with me and I can gauge by the thermometer that I'm putting the water and the air temperature how long I stay mm. So would you say you are a natural rebel or just sensible and... I'd say I was a sensible. Mm. Yeah. I'd say I was sensible. I think in my younger days I might have been a bit of a rebel. <clears throat> thought, oh, well, I'm going in. But no, I think, no, I know more about this than you do. Mm. And actually, it annoys me that people make a judgment that I know I can make a judgment on yeah. and be sensible about it. I have thought about swimming um, in the Himalayas and I would love to do it. I would love to do it. But you have to be extremely careful because the religion of Buddhism... <clears throat> Um, they believe the gods yeah. are in the lakes and actually they're sacred holy places. So I've never broached our guides yeah. to, and approached them to say, can I go in the lakes ever for that reason? But I, do, I, I carry a costume. Yeah, I was going to say, are you always prepared for a swim there wherever you go? Uh, most of the time, yes. Oh. Yes, I am. So um, I've just been to Austria and I carried my costume around most of the time um, with a little squeegee and a little fleece towel that's just enough to go around me, a pair of goggles, mm -hmm. <coughs> hat, always a hat, a bright oh, hat, really? yeah. always a bright, mm -hmm. well that keeps 40% yes, of, of the heating, because I like to swim freestyle, I'm not a pop-up breaststroke or a dipper, mm -hmm. I'm a swimmer, so I have a, you know, a, a kit, so I can go in uh, I would go in rock pools, um, not rock pools, sorry, plunge pools and waterfalls, but really, I like swimming. <laughs> I'm not a dipper. Yeah. What, what is it you like about swimming? Travelling from A to B, just like when you're walking or just like when you're on a bike. Mm. You're out in the outdoors and you can travel. You can go on a journey, mm. I think. What, what's the furthest you've ever swum? Probably here. Um, we did a Millennium swim, and I think it was from. It was from somewhere like um, Yarmouth to Cowes, or something like eight miles. Mm -hmm. So that's the furthest I've ever swum in one yeah. hit, and I didn't enjoy it. Oh really? Why was that? I was cold. Right. Uh, too cold. Uh, we weren't given the right advice, mm -hmm. um, so the swim took me a lot longer than it ever should have done, and I've learnt from that. That was bad. Right. That was poor. Mm. So I've done relays around the island relay with some friends. I'd love to do some more of that sort of thing. But the trouble is, I like doing all the other things like <laughs> mountaineering, climbing, cycling, yes. supporting. It's finding the time for it all, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Let, let's go back a little bit. Can you just tell us a little bit more about when and where you learned to swim? What was that like <coughs> well, I was, I'm from Shropshire originally, and uh, my mum, obviously, she was, she was a great mum, actually. You know, we learned to ride bikes, we were in the outdoors, we climbed trees, got to learn to mm -hmm. swim. So I went for swimming lessons. Oh, I know, we had ballet lessons or something, and the ballet packed up, so we started swimming lessons, <laughs> something like that. And I learned to swim quickly, mm -hmm. very quickly. Yeah. You bought a book of ten lessons, and I think by lesson eight, I'd swum a length. Right. Um, <clears throat> so 
I carried on with swimming lessons and I was a natural in the water, no fear, no fear, just did as I was told. Um, and, and really I just progressed and then I don't know what the swimming teacher said to my mum, uh, but then I started training even when I was at primary school. Right, so you went straight into sort of competitive swimming, didn't you? Yeah, mm. yeah, so I can remember even mum picked me up from the primary school when it was near the age group championships and took me down at lunchtime <laughs> to swim because it was pool time, uh-huh. trying to get pool time. So, yeah, so I started competition at the age of 10. Wow. But not, not intensively, no. I think my parents were sensible because um, I had so many other things I loved doing. You know, I got I guides and I did sport at mm-hmm. school and competed and that sort of thing. So swimming was kept at a, a certain level. Yeah. I never ended up crying in competition like my friends did, you know, and all this business right. and too much stress and pressure. Yeah. Um, so I was a good age group swimmer and then I went off to... College and I was good. I was good. Well, probably the best in my year. Yeah. At um, yes, because I I got an age group when I was younger. I got an age group time to go to the Midlands uh, with my backstroke, and then I went off to college, and it was just great because there was a pool on site. It was like oh, I've died and gone to heaven. <laughs> it was great because then you could train in the mornings, yeah. and then we we went um, college went off to British colleges and stuff like that and then I swam for British colleges again to British polys and British universities that sort of thing Mm -hmm. and then stopped when did you stop stopped when I finished at college because I didn't think there was anything else so I just completely stopped and it wasn't until I came to the Isle of Mm. Wight I started again oh really and what what inspired you to start again well at that time uh, so in between in between, if I let, if I tell you that actually I did lots of mountaineering, climbing, ice climbing, uh, outdoor stuff, mm-hmm. outdoor stuff, kayaking, bit of kayaking uh, with friends and uh, fell running and bit of road running. Didn't really do much on my bike. Uh, thought I, my back was shot out for a bike, but I did loads of stuff in the mountains. And um, then, oh, and then I started some aerobics, <laughs> right, uh, to get myself fit. And met people in aerobics, did that really intensively. And then I came here. Right. And I went to aerobics and I thought it was rubbish. <laughs> I thought it wasn't fat, it wasn't hard enough. Yeah. And it was expensive. So I thought, oh, I'll start in the pool. So I went to the pool and uh, went to the heights, into the heights, you see. And uh, went to the lane swim, and a girl said to me, oh, you a member of Masters? And I said, what's Masters? <laughs> <laughs> so she told me what it was and said there's a board out there with the Masters names and things on, and Jenny was one of the swimmers uh-huh. on it, together with Joan Kidd. So on Jenny's podcast, she mm-hmm. mentioned Joan, I'm sure. And so I then started, I went to the Masters, and uh, they looked at me and said, Right, well, we've got a competition coming up. Would you like to enter? February 1. So I said, okay, right, so I entered that. And then I met other people who introduced me to the sea swimming. And I did the peer-to-peer and I did other things. And did competitions with Jenny. 
So that's how I got mm-hmm. back in. Mm-hmm. But I've always kept myself fit. Yes. So it was easy to get back in the water. That was at the age of about 40. Right. 41. Okay. So about the last 25 years. Mm. So that's, uh, that's where it's come from. Excellent. Thank you. And and did you join the, the tri- White Tri Club as well? You're doing triathlon? Right. <clears throat> the reason... <laughs> right. Jenny had always been out to Club La Santa mm-hmm. in Lanzarote. And I could never go with the swimmers because I was working at school. So when I finished at Sunder Middle School, um, she, I said, I can come to Lanzarote with you. So she said, oh, great. So off I, so I booked my place and thought, great, I can't wait to go. And while I was out, well, Liz Dunlop got invited as well at the very last minute. On the morning we were supposed to go, she saw Jenny in Marks and Spencers. And by six o'clock, she was on the cat coming across with all the kit. So she then introduced me to some road cycling in Lanzarote. So I got myself a road bike and uh, started cycling with her, then doing a bit of swimming with White Tribe. But what's done it is I've got a problem with my knee mm-hmm. and I've had two opinions on it, specialist opinion, shouldn't do triathlons and shouldn't run on it, shouldn't stand up in my mm-hmm. pedals yeah. on it, shouldn't ski black ski runs on it. Um, so I don't... Do, I just started doing some triathlons mm-hmm. and I was going to do a triathlon out in Lanzarote with Nat B and Liz some years ago and then thought, right, well, I can't run. I do like running and actually during lockdown, I started doing some off-road mm. running uh, because I just thought, oh, I just love being out and uh, it's just gorgeous. So every now and again, I chance my arm in going for a run off-road short runs and I do stand up in the pedals on the bike and I do ski the on back <laughs> but I try to manage my knees so that's how I, I became involved in mm-hmm. white try really through through Liz Dunlop yeah really. yeah mm, excellent okay thank you what else do I need to ask you um is there anyone in particular who's inspired you Jenny <laughs> yes no surprise there no. is there no Jenny Ball mm-hmm I know that if it hadn't been for Jenny, I would never have gone to the Nationals and got medals mm-hmm. in Sheffield, as I did. I would never have gone on any swim trek, right. which I did with Jenny the very mm-hmm. first time. Um, I miss swimming with her. Right. I'm really honest. Mm. She is an inspiration. Yeah. She really is, and I suppose really, if there's anybody, it's Jenny Ball. Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know Jenny, listen to the first podcast in this series. Well, I'm not surprised (laughs) she's on the first podcast, because there is no one else on the Isle Mm. of Wight that anybody else should really listen to, except Jenny Ball. Um, She's absolutely inspirational. Yeah. Uh, And she didn't start swimming until she was later, until later. Uh, and, and she's, she's still going competing and, still and teaching competing and, and teaching and still a motivator and every so often I will just drop in at her house unannounced and just go and talk swimming 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 with Jenny <laughs> I do miss her yes um 
and we've been in competitions in the outdoors together. Right. And we've trained together, yeah. obviously. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think I've, I've got to say it was Jenny, yeah. really. And I think at college, when I was at college, it was our coach, mm -hmm. Jack Chidlow. Uh, and he was great. He was a real inspiration to me, yeah. I would say. Um, and when I was a child and a teenager, Mark Spitz. Right. Mark <laughs> Excellent, Spitz. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay, thank you. Um, just a few more questions. Uh, tell me a little bit about um, some swimming abroad that you've done. Perhaps. Right. Well, I haven't swum abroad as much as I would like. Right. So I think, if I'm really honest, that's got to be in the plan forevermore. Yeah. Right. Um, <clears throat> I've swum abroad with Swim Trek and Big Blue. Mm -hmm. uh, so with Swim Trek, um, I've guided in Croatia and I have swum the, oh, the Bos Bos Bosphorus, which is from Europe to Asia. Um, <clears throat> did a competition and I went with Jackie Patel. Um, I've swum in, I'm trying to think about Jenny. Oh yes, Jenny and Jane. I went to Gozo and Malta mm -hmm. and swam there. Um, I think those are, the, oh, those are the only things I've done abroad with swim track. But yeah. myself, um, I've swum in Swiss lakes. Um, I've swum, let me think, where else? Swim? Austrian lakes recently, this last summer. Um, I can't think where else I might have swum abroad. No, I don't think so. Those mm. are mainly. Um, UK I've swum quite a lot of different places. Yeah. I've guided in the Scottish Inner Hebrides. Right. <laughs> I was going to say, tell me, what's it like being a guide? Because it's something I thought about just locally taking. And I think what a stress it is yes, taking it other is. people. You don't yeah, know what is. level they're going to be. And th I was, what were your experiences? <clears throat> My experience is that you've got play, paid clients who've got a high level, usually, of disposable income. Their expectations of you as the guide are... I think, untenable for the amount of money that you're paid. Mm. If you're an assistant guide, this is years ago, you got paid £30 a day. Oh, gosh. <laughs> if you're a lead guide, you mm. got paid £50 a day. So in the Scottish and Hebrides, both the other guide and myself got paid £50 a day. Fair enough. And we got paid £50 a day at the weekend as mm -hmm. well, which is not usual. It was grueling in the Scottish Inner Hebrides because we were camping mm -hmm. and we were cooking outside. Apart from the first night where they all went to the pub uh, on Jura, but grueling yeah. because you are camping, you are cooking on with very limited facilities under a tarp. Gosh. <laughs> And making breakfast hmm. and making, obviously, lunch and making dinner when you're out on Scarpa. Wow. <clears throat> and then when you come back, you've then got, and swimming, mm. and trekking, and leading walks over areas you've never walked yourself. Yeah. On a one-inch map. I just thought was untenable. 
uh, no backup with a rib that if there's a problem with the rib you've got no backup right at all you've got no one no what mm. nobody so you you've got a level two power boat certificate but if you get a problem with the rib you've got no backup right <clears throat> so I actually felt you were really on your metal, particularly in the Scottish and the Hebrides, but I guided with a great bloke mm. um, who's since gone solo, who was an ex-major uh, para. And really, if I hadn't guided with him, we would have been, I think we would have been stuck. Um, so it's, it's a gruelling and it's a baptism of fire, really, being a guide. Um, I've never obviously guided for anybody else but Swim Trek. Um, they're a good company to go with. Uh, Big Blue, I've loved going with mm. Big Blue. Oh, sorry, that was to Greece. So yeah. I've swum abroad with them in Greece, off mainland Greece. But again, only as a client, so you only see it from a client's point of view. So being a guide is tough, I think. And I think expectations of people sometimes are quite unrealistic. Yeah. Um, you've got to be all things to all people all of the time. And I think that's a really it's exhausting, tough isn't ask. it? Yeah. yeah, it's a tough ask. Mm. <clears throat> that's it. Yeah, really. thank you. No, that's great. And really, one last question. Just tell me a little bit. I mean, you love fresh water, I understand. Yes, but I on do. the Isle of Wight, there's not an awful lot of fresh no, there water isn't. to swim in. No. <laughs> Um, I would say on the island that I'm not one of these people that will go in the sea in all weathers. Right. Summer or winter. <laughs> doesn't float my boat. I love it if I go down to the beach and I go down with friends and I can have a nice swim. Uh, I can have a nice swim and actually spend a bit of time with them. Yeah. And socialise and it's great. And it's mm -hmm. nice and sunny. Blah, blah, blah. Lovely. As far as dipping, whoops, dipping, unless it's again with friends or yeah. something special. Um, I did it with Je uh, Jenny and Jane, I think it was at New Year this time. Mm -hmm. They were going in on New Year's Day or New Year's Eve. And that was nice because I went and had a dip with them and dip with others, met a few more people, and then we had a coffee afterwards yeah. and that sort of thing. Um, otherwise, I will go to the pool and train. Yeah. Right. So I'm quite selective. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm quite selective. I'm not a I'm not a dipper. Yeah. Um I do get that lovely feeling when you've been in, I have to say. Mm. But if I've got someone to go with, like I went with Sherry at Ventnor, not this last spring, but a couple of springs before and it was a gorgeous, gorgeous sunny day and we went in with all our stuff on and we only went in, we went across the bay and back again, but then we probably spent about, I don't know, a good couple of hours with a flask of coffee yeah. in our dry robes and all tucked up in the sunshine. So I love, I love being outside. Yeah. I love being outside. So the water is just another opportunity to be outside. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that does. Good. Excellent. Well, that's all my questions, really. Just anything else you want to say about your love of swimming generally? I'm going to say the love of the outdoors. Right. Because I think for people that it is about being outside and it's about exercise in the, you know, 
being in nature and loving being outside and in nature and exercise. And swimming is a part of that for me. Um, yes, you can get that real tremendous buzz and it is good for your uh, metabolism, it's good for your body, but then so is cycling, so is walking. So it's just a part of it. Yeah. Thank okay. you. Thank you, Lindsay. Thanks for coming on the podcast. It's been Thank a you, Sandy. Thank you.